This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in to the Go 24-7 podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Billy Embody. With me, Shay Dixon. In just a second, we've got a lot to cover on the podcast. It's kind of a whirlwind 24 hours uh, or so covering LSU. Any Anything from coaching rumors to recruiting news, decommitments, reaffirming commitments. A lot to get to on the pod today, and we're going to lead off with recruiting. Shay, we've got a few different guys to talk about, but I want to lead off with the news that you broke on on Good 24-7, and that's that really the best playmaker in the state, one of LSU's best commitments, top 50 player overall in the country, New Iberia, Westgate, two-way star, but really going to be a wide receiver at LSU, Kayshawn Butte. He shut down his recruitment and will be signing with LSU on the first day of the early signing period. That is massive. Absolutely. I mean, look, they've had on paper the best, arguably the best receiver class in the country um, since August when Coy Moore committed and gave him four commitments with Coy Moore and Butte in Louisiana and then Jermaine Burton and Rakim Jarrett, uh, you know, on the East Coast and the West Coast, obviously. Um, Jarrett playing in the D.C. area and, and Burton playing out at Calabasas. So, to get Butte to say, and, and look, Butte had been courted pretty heavily by Bama, is being courted presently uh, pretty heavily by Bama. Um, but the reality of uh, the situation uh, has become, you know, down the stretch. He had said, uh, I'm thinking about maybe announcing in February or excuse me, signing in February. Um, that would give uh, really Bama and LSU the whole month to have to continue to recruit him. And uh, now he said, look, I'm done. Uh, I'll be committed, or excuse me, I'll be signing on uh, next Wednesday, which is the 18th, uh, which is massive because he is, uh, you've seen him a number of times in person. You put out his, uh, his senior film this week. I mean, he's continued to develop Billy, right, as a pass catcher. And that was what everybody was wondering because you knew that his speed uh, is rare, can't be taught. Uh, he's got good size. And, and now you've seen uh, those hands develop to the point where, uh, he's truly one of the elite receivers in the country, and he'll finish as a top 50 prospect. Yeah, and, and we just watched his senior tape and and put it on go 24-7 for everyone. And it, look, it, he, he also carried the carried the football a good good bit and and was kind of like the lead back for Westgate late in the season. They, they, they fell in a close one to Neville, almost beat Neville, who hasn't uh, just one of the state's powers in the playoffs. And so... Uh, they gave him everything they could handle. And when I was out there this fall, they really had uh, Kayshawn Butte and uh, 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 Mark Holvin's son. I think I, I think I got that right. Uh, two 2020 wide receivers, power five wide receivers. But they've put the ball in Butte's hand and just said go. I think he had over 1,500 all-purpose yards between rushing and receiving. Don't know uh, what he had in the return game, but just a really, really special athlete. Somebody that's one of the fastest players in the country and and, and has just gone out and proven it. He's going to be an Under Armour All-American, so he's going to have a chance to go out and even solidify his stock further. I think 
when you look at him, he's just he's kind of exactly how you draw it up. I think uh, a receiver up these days in, in this day and age in college football, he'll fit really well in the offense. So huge news for LSU to get him locked down. He'll be on an official visit this weekend. Uh, if you had really kind of any doubt, uh, and and look until the letter of intent is in, there's always that worry. But look, he's going to end up a tiger. He's coming on his official visit this weekend, and um, all is well with Keishon Butte. Just a massive, massive land. A great job by LSU in the state of Louisiana this year, getting the guys that they wanted uh, to sign, and and things are trending really well uh, in that respect. Another player that is trending towards signing with LSU early is. Eric Taylor, the Alabama uh, defensive tackle uh, out of out of uh, Alabama, like I said, and and somebody that was considering taking a Kentucky official visit and opted to cancel that, and and he told Sonny on on uh, Wednesday that it's looking like he's going to sign early, and he is going to sign early, and when you kind of are following the Mississippi Alabama All Star game, Shay, and the practices that are going on this week, he's been as impressive as anyone. Yeah, I mean, we've seen what Barton and Steve and the 24-7 crew have put out. We shared some of the videos on the site if you want to go check them out or or go to uh, their Twitter. I think I retweeted them as well. But um, they said, and, and you can see it, that uh, Taylor looks like one of the more natural D linemen out there, that he's got uh, a good frame, good body, that he's moving quickly, which uh, is great to see. He played at the Hewitt Trustville program that always puts out um, pretty big talent, you know, whether it's the to Auburn or Alabama or, or UAB or, or even, you know, out of state schools. And then in this situation, LSU. Um, but yeah, he is a guy. He, he popped this summer when they were in that wave of commitments from Ollie Gay and Eric Taylor. And uh, it bled into the summer with Jaquel and Roy and, and others, but uh, they've been able to stick, you know, for, for the most part, all of them. Uh, and now Eric Taylor saying that he's not going to wait till February, that he's got everything in line. He's ready to go ahead and sign in. Uh, December is is huge news because they wanted to come out of this 2020 cycle uh, with a big D-line haul. We know that uh, in 2019, they had missed on some of their guys down the stretch. They had signed up who Ica uh, and Joseph Evans as, as kind of true defensive linemen, but uh, they wanted to, to follow up this year with a, a pretty big haul, and uh, they've done just that. So to go into the state of Alabama and get a kid like Taylor, who is an SEC caliber player, is, is big. And we've seen, look, he's a four-star, but Neil Farrell and Justin Thomas, both uh, obviously Thomas has been away from the team some this year, but uh, Farrell in for much of the year led the defensive line coming off the bench in a lot of stat categories. And he was a three-star guy coming out of the Mobile area. So they've done well, Orgeron and, and the staff have done well to eval um, kind of kids in the Southeast on the D line. And it's nice to see that Taylor, you know, the work they've put in there is going to pay off with him signing next week. Yeah, he's a he's just adds so much size to that room and 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 in a group that has plenty of it. Jacoby and Guillory in there, uh, just kind of leading the way. Jaqueline Roy certainly a big guy in the middle, and 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 there's still McKinley Jackson out there, and Ali Gay is it has some nice size to him. So I mean, look that 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 defensive line haul, and and they needed to hit on a lot of guys, and we'll we'll see how obviously their careers go, but. Uh, they've done a really nice job adding size, athleticism across the board in that room, and and there's still uh, the potential for for a, a couple big names with with McKinley Jackson and Jordan Birch out there. Uh, now uh, another player I just think the world of, having seen him a couple times in in person now, Josh White, just a really athletic linebacker, can run is 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 a high four 
four guy. I think he, he his coach told me they had him at four four nine in the spring, and he runs on their track team he, at Side Creek. Is Josh White? He's coming in for his official visit. He told us that he's going to be signing early, and I think when you look at him, he can play. I think at least a little bit of outside, but he's kind of looking like he's going to be that future middle linebacker that they're going to pack on a, a not a ton of weight, but a good deal of weight and let him develop a, behind Patrick Queen and 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 we'll see if Jacob Phillips goes pro. But guys like that and 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 be that type of a linebacker for the future of this team. I mean, Josh White. I, I mean, I'm in agreement with you. I love him, and he's been one of the better players in Texas since he was then a sophomore. I mean, he's had three straight 100-plus tackle seasons. Um, you can see when you watch his film, which he's got a lot of it because he makes a lot of plays, uh, that he sort of runs that defense as the guy in the middle, um, kind of setting up the D linemen and, and moving the linebackers around. And uh, that's what you want out of your middle linebacker. I mean, that's what Divinity did for him uh, when he was in there. That's what Queen and, and certainly Phillips have done. Uh, but Devin White was the guy who really did that. And remember, Josh White committed right around when Devin White was kind of at the peak of his LSU career and winning – uh, the Budkiss Award is the nation's best linebacker, and White was so uh, impressed by that, and, and he's really never wavered off of LSU. There were rumors about Texas at one point, but he's going to be in town. You had a story on him where he talked about it, but he'll be in town this weekend and make his official, and there's no more drama. I mean, he's going to be done and signing on Wednesday, and uh, that's their goal, right, is, is they've lined themselves up with these commitments who are still on board for uh, the most part, obviously. We, we think there'll still be a guy or two that ends up going – uh, separate ways, you know, LSU and, and a guy or two go, you know, in different directions, but uh, they're going to want to sign probably Billy 20, 21 guys coming out of December and uh, set yourself up for February where McKinley Jackson and uh, you know, a couple of other guys will still be out there. Um, obviously they could come out of the signing period with more than 21, but Cameron Jackson, one of their commits has said he's going to go till February and then they can always hold a spot for a transfer if they want to. So it seems like it's been a, a cloudy picture is starting to clear up a bit. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, kind of no drama with Josh White. Well, uh, things things definitely kicked off on Thursday with some uh, or Wednesday with some drama. Uh, Baton Rouge Madison Prep defensive back Major Burns announced that he was backing off his commitment to the Tigers. This was one that was kind of in the works for a bit. A mutual, not not so much mutual parting of ways, but uh, this is one of those probably as, as tough of a decision as as any for for LSU to make in my in my opinion just with you know having Elias Ricks committed that as your only corner now you kind of think well maybe do we take Major Burns but but this was just one of those tough calls and you saw him back off uh, just a week before that uh, early signing period begins yeah I think this is you're right I think that's a good way to put it this is the toughest call they were making this cycle and we really didn't even see it coming. You know, I, we knew that they were going to have to crunch numbers. We knew some names of, of guys who were sort of on that fence. But um, much like with Jalen Lee, you know, it kind of caught us by surprise a little bit. And um, Burns obviously put out that he had reopened things. And uh, I think, Billy, they're going to spend it on a different position. They're not going to go corner or they would have just kept Major Burns. He's talented. He's got the grades. He's a smart kid. Uh, Baton Rouge kids so it's evident to us with the situation now that they feel like they are lining up to where they need to spin that spot elsewhere whether it's on the D-line or, or you know edge rusher or, or running back or whatever you know offensive tackle whatever it might be that they feel they've got more guys coming in than they'll have room for and and we saw obviously uh, Burns and, and LSU go separate ways and uh, we look we wish nothing but the best for them we've covered them for 
uh, a couple of years now. He's always been great to us and uh, he'll find a nice landing spot. Look, I know he's been fielding calls left and right, but Oklahoma and all these different schools will, will certainly be after him and uh, he'll be playing big time football. You know, just won't be at LSU. Yeah, I'll, I always liked the approach that Major had and, and, and an early Texas A&M commit, but uh, somebody that, you know, ends up ends up at LSU committed and, and you know, you just kind of thought it was going to be one of those uh, story, you know, stories of a, of a Baton Rouge kid kind of staying home. And it's just kind of the tough, tough position LSU's in with the way they're recruiting. And you don't want to, I think, at times overpromise a role as well and, uh, you know, set, I think, at times some someone up to potentially you know maybe transfer out down the line so he's going to get an opportunity now to to play elsewhere be kind of embraced like you said there's a lot of lot of schools that want him on their team and and so he's going to have plenty of choices i know texas a&m is is one that's in there already uh so there'll, there'll be a lot to monitor but um you know nothing but the best to, for major burns uh that wasn't the only bit of drama with lsu uh, this week, and we're going to talk a little bit about that involving LSU defensive coordinator Dave Aranda on the other side of this break from the Go 24-7 podcast. Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are, number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. Welcome back to the Go 24-7 podcast. Thanks for listening. Quick reminder, guys, right now you can subscribe and take 30% off annual subscriptions to Go 24-7 or try this month. So if you subscribed right this minute, you would get carried almost all the way to the national championship game for just a buck. So think about that. Think about taking advantage of that. That'll carry all the way through the early signing period if you just want to try us out for this month for a buck. Go for it. We highly encourage it. It's been a it's been a big uh, big last few weeks for us on the subscription train as people are jumping on board. Che, this was uh, kind of a wild thing to track on on Tuesday late afternoon as Dave Aranda's name started really popping up in the coaching search at, at UNLV, which is has now since been filled. Uh, so we won't spend a ton of time on that. But uh, he was a strong candidate, and then. The AP reported that an offer was made and Bruce Feldman was saying things could get done in 24 hours. Well, uh, things did get done in, in 24 hours. It just wasn't that Dave Aranda was going to be the next UNLV head coach. But this was looking like it could have been a done deal and 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 would have been kind of brutal timing with the early signing period right around the corner. But uh, like I said, just kind of a wild uh, 12 hours there, really. Oh, absolutely. And we didn't know which way that was going to go. Um, we knew that Aranda and UNLV were in talks. I mean, even LSU sources weren't denying it. It was being reported nationally and by the UNLV side. So 
it was evident that something was going on and uh, we had kind of already braced of, Oh man, how are we, man, how are we going to cover this next week of, of signings with, uh, without knowing, you know, LSU not having a defensive coordinator. What does that mean for Philip Webb or, or what does that mean for Jordan Birch or, uh, or anybody that's, uh, you know, signing on the defensive side of the football, but uh, big that the news came out that he's saying, and, and we've confirmed that he's been out on the road recruiting for LSU and, and he'll be in home on Thursday with both Philip Webb and B.J. Ojolari. Obviously, Ojolari is committed as an edge rusher, super talented. Um, that They had flipped from Tennessee a, a couple of months back at the same time as Eric Gilbert, five-star tight end, their teammates, uh, and pretty good friends. But uh, Webb is uncommitted, and he's coming off that Bama visit last weekend. Him and his mom are not going to go anywhere this weekend. They're going to just mull things over. Um, but, yeah, the fact that Aranda stays on staff um, and we're not – look, we can't predict the future. If he's been interested in one head coaching job and it was UNLV – who knows what else is going to come calling. Um, but for now, uh, it seems he's staying right? and he's on the road recruiting for LSU, which is good news for the Tigers as they try to finish this class and, and at least the bulk of it by Wednesday. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, it's always just kind of that silly season. I was talking with our buddy Ross Dellinger, who was reporting on it as well. And he was just saying this morning, uh, uh, Wednesday morning, that it was just uh, just kind of one of those wild Goose chases that eventually just, uh, you know, the AP really, once that offer story came out, that's when it really caught fire and it, it, it kind of spiraled out of control. But, Che, let's finish with a little bit of uh, kind of more upbeat Thursday night uh, as uh, you're kind of gallivanting around New York City uh, ahead of the Heisman Trophy ceremony on Saturday. ESPN College Football Awards are going to be handed out in Atlanta. The LSU crew's already on the road getting set for those. We're going to hear from Ed Ogeron that night on a press conference, teleconference. So uh, be sure to keep it locked on Go 24-7 for that. But there's a few uh, awards to get to, and we've kind of run down some of them over the course of the last couple weeks. But uh, let's lead off with with the man who's probably going to be, uh, and we at this point know he's going to be the Heisman Trophy winner, Joe Burrow up, up for the Maxwell Award, up for the Davey Bryan Award. We don't have to spend much time here, but this should just be the first of uh, many more awards to come his way. He's already won the Johnny Unitas. Yeah, he won the Johnny Unitas. Um, he was named it last week, but he got to go up to, uh, I guess it was Indianapolis, maybe. I think I believe it was, um, obviously, to to get the award and, and be presented. Um, and that gives him his first of what will be many. And he was also named first, what, uh, SEC Player of the Year, at least for the offense. Did he get overall Player of the Year? I don't even know if they hand that out. But uh, I know that he, he racked up the offense one, uh, and I'm with you. I would not be surprised in the least. In fact, I'd be... A little surprised if he didn't uh, end up winning the Maxwell as, as the best player in college football. Um, I believe that's what the award is. And, and then the Davey O'Brien is the best quarterback in college football. Yeah, no doubt. And then moving on to uh, uh, his pass catcher, Blitnikoff Award, uh, I think the winner. This one will be interesting. A lot, a lot of people like CeeDee Lamb, but I do think Jamar Chase, just the way, uh, how dominant he's been this year. Not that CeeDee Lamb hasn't been, but uh, I think it's for the most outstanding receiver, and I think it goes to Jamar Chase. Yeah, man, you're going to scare Jimmy Chase if he's listening to the pod right now uh, on his way over to Atlanta on Thursday for the awards ceremony because uh, every time I've run into him, I said, this is, this is locked up, I'm sure, huh? Uh, you look at the stats. I mean, the three finalists, he leads them all in catches. He leads them all in touchdowns. He leads them all in yards, and I'm not really sure what else is important for a receiver. So, uh, he's been so impressive. He even missed the game this year and still put up those kind of stats. Obviously, CeeDee Lamb missed the game as well. Um, but 
Uh, he's just been so impressive from start to finish. Absolute dynamic receiver. It's such a difference maker for LSU this year, uh, playing opposite Justin Jefferson or playing opposite Terrace Marshall with Jefferson often in the slot. But uh, it's been tough. Even we saw in the, the Georgia game, it was tough for people to hold him down. And, and that's been the case uh, throughout the season. And uh, I'm excited to watch him. I'm assuming he's going to win the Blitnikoff. And, and then I'm excited to see him go against uh, Oklahoma back in, back in the ATL, back in the A. Uh, and then the, if they can win, uh, the winner of that Clemson-Ohio State game, uh, these guys seemed uh, pretty pumped up and ready to, to make some noise down the stretch. Yeah, and then the, uh, the, the Thorpe Award for the nation's best defensive back will be announced as well. Grant Delpit up for that, along with Jeffrey Okuda and J.R. Reed from Ohio State and Georgia, respectively. That one's one where I, I don't necessarily know if, if it's going to end up being Delpit, but... I mean, crazier things have happened. You, well, you know, I mean, if you want to look at the stats, his stats are on par, if not better in some spots than those two finalists that you mentioned. Um, that being said, you know, I've watched a handful of Ohio State games. People are pretty high on Akuda. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up winning the award. But, uh, boy, Delpit, for his uh, stock at least, has, has turned in some, a really strong close to the season. A&M might have been his best game. He was great against Georgia. I mean, he was shot out of a cannon from play number one, uh, and you could tell he was really out to, to make a statement. And now, if they can get to the national championship, he'll have two more games, uh, and you could say he closes four of the best games he's played all year, maybe uh, up there with his career. So uh, love the kind of pace he's on. He's healthy again. It's very evident. He's battled a number of different little nagging, ling lingering issues, but we'll see if he can uh, take home the Thorpe Award. Uh, and we'll also give a little credit here um, beyond Delbert to their other safety, Jacoby Sands. He's not a finalist, but his stats are better than all three of the guys who ended up getting invited uh, to the final uh, the final show in Atlanta uh, for the or excuse me, not the Bolitnikov for the Thorpe. Um, but shout out to him. He, he's had a really wonderful season. And uh, I know he didn't make some All-American teams that he was hoping for, but uh, that doesn't take anything away from the reality that he's really been really one of their not best defenders, one of their best players all year. Yeah, no, no, no doubt about that. And, and look, he's just played a different role. I, I said that on the board the other day, and uh, his stats aren't as, like, eye-popping. And it, it, it's, just, it's just different. It's just different. He's playing more in the post, in space. He's not up in the line, line of scrimmage. And, and, and that's kind of the benefit of, for Jacoby Stevens. He's getting to kind of reap some of those benefits of playing more in the box. So... Uh, a lot of people were kind of down on Delpit at certain times this year, but he was just asked to do different things, especially once Todd Harris went down. So great season for all those guys. Ed Ogeron named the Home Depot Coach of the Year on, on Wednesday, and then the um, Walter Camp All-America teams will come out on Thursday as well. So keep it locked for, on Go 24-7 for all that. Shay, I wish you best of luck in New York City. Four days in New York City. Uh, I'm very, very jealous. Great city, great food. You're going to try to get over to Legends. I've assembled your list. The Go 24-7 crew has assembled your list, so uh, enjoy it, my man. Yeah, and Legends actually almost sounds like a strip club, so let's just clarify that that is the LSU bar in New York that everybody's been hyping up. Don't Just don't throw out a name like that and, and tell everybody that's where I'm going. Well, if they win the national championship game, it might end up as one, so uh, it could get pretty wild in there if they win that, that, that game. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Look, yeah, the Redskins fly, for all of our listeners who think Billy's actually jealous, he's, uh, he's not because the Redskins fly Billy 
all over the country and put him up in four seasons uh, in Ritz's. So uh, he's feeling bad about it, but I'm not because uh, now I'm finally going to get to do something fun other than cover an LSU football game. Yeah, you deserve it and uh, enjoy it. Safe travels. Uh, Heisman Trophy ceremony on Saturday night. Shea Dixon will be there all weekend for Go 24-7, taking in the city, taking in Joe Burrow, uh, about to be LSU's uh, next Heisman Trophy winner. So enjoy all that coverage. We'll have tons from New York. Hope you guys enjoyed this edition of the podcast. Have a great rest of the weekend. Uh, I guess it's the weekend. It's Thursday. We're starting to kick it off a little early. But, yeah, have a great weekend, and uh, thanks for listening. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.